Today's shir begins 14 lines from the top of Daf Lamid. We left off in the middle of a discussion where we had pointed out that our Mishnah that said a knas payment is made for the rape of women that are otherwise disqualified in joining the ranks of Israel through marriage is a Mishnah that represents an opinion that's different from that of several other Tanoim. And in our last discussion, we pointed out that, in our the last point, that is, in the Shi'ur that we had previously, we pointed out that our Mishnah is to the exclusion of the opinion of Rabbi Nechunya ben Akona. According to Rabbi Nechunya ben Akona, women whose relations or intimacy with them would result in a Kores penalty there would be an exemption from any financial payment. Our Mishnah said that one who has relations with one's sister, for example, which is an example of one of the Kores-type forbidden relations, there is a Knas payment. So we're picking up now 14 lines from the top with Rabbi Nechunya ben Akona. My time all, the Rabbi Nechunya ben Akona. What is the basis of his opinion that said that when there is a chiv kores, there is a financial or uh, any financial penalty is waived. Similar to the way one who violates Shabbos and at the same time incurs a financial obligation, financial penalty, he does not have to pay because he is guilty of a capital offense. So the Gemara continues. My time with the Rabbi Nachman What is the basis of his opinion that equates, uh, we'll say Yom Kippur, which represents Chiyuv Kores, to Shabbos, which represents Chiyuv Misas Beisdin? That just like in capital cases where there is a capital violation and simultaneously some type of financial penalty is incurred, we waive the need to. Uh, compensate on a financial level, so too when one violates a Kores penalty and simultaneously incurs some type of financial obligation or penalty, we waive the need to pay. Omar Abai, you notice that uh, we have a special marking, a volcano shape or trapezoid if you prefer, and on the side under the Mivne heading, we indicate there's a machlokas, Abaye Varova b'may taimei de Rabbi Nechunya ben Akona Abaye represents the first approach, and when we get to Omid Beis, the upper quarter of the page, you see Rava appears in a trapezoid as well, so he gives a different opinion as to what the basis of Rabbi Nechunya ben Akona's exemption is so Abayi says, Nemar osoin bidei odom v'nemar osoin bidei shomayim. In effect, we have a gezerah shava. You find the word osoin in the case of a capital offense, and the posuk referred to Shmois perek chof aleph posuk chof beis deals with the case when there is a um, uh, fight. Uh, a fist fight, if you will, between two people, and a uh, bystander is standing there, and it says, in, a, a, in this case, in the Posuk base, a pregnant woman is standing uh, on the side, and the Posuk says, 
While these two fellows are fighting and one of them happens to uh, smite the uh, pregnant woman who's standing by the side and causes her a miscarriage. And there is no death that results. Uh, the miscarriage is not considered a capital offense. It's a, it falls into the realm of monetary offense. Without literally translating the Pusuk, the Pusuk is saying that since there was no capital offense, since there was no uh, death that took place which would have resulted in uh, court execution, there is the need for compensation. So that's on the on the uh, the Mishayev Benafsho Misas Beisdin level, we learn from there that if there is no Misas Beisdin, there's no court execution, then and only then we will impose the uh, financial obligation. So that's Oson Bide Odom. It also says Venemar Oson Bide Shamayim. This is a Posuk in Bracious Mem Beis, Posuk Lamit Ches. And it, it features the story of Yankiv Ovinu sending his son Binyomin to Mitzrayim with his other brothers. And uh, Yankiv Ovinu expresses his concern that no Oson should befall his son uh, Binyomin. And uh, the Pesach says, V'koro'u Oson. And that's a reference to the thinking, at least right now, is that's something that could happen uh, by a force of heaven. And Yankee Vovinu is afraid that something like that might befall his son. So, uh, we continue in the Gemara. Ma osoin ha'omur potaminatashlum. Just like the appearance of the word osoin in the context of human uh, inflicted uh, problems, injuries, damages. We say that when uh, there is no capital offense and only then there is money to be paid. Uh, but when there is a capital offense, no money is paid. So too, when it comes to something that's bide shamayim, and an example of that would be kores. Kores is a punishment imposed by heaven. Also, Potter min Then there would be exemption from any financial payment. As you can see, there's a long bracketed section. The uh, use your bracket length indicator. This takes you all the way to Omid Bay's, where Rova gives you his opinion as to what the reason behind Rabbi Nechunya Ben Akona's shita is. So with that. Uh, we'll say the superstructure in place. We featured Abaye's Gezerah Shava Osoin Osoin, and Rava will give you his reason uh, later on. Now, we also have a note explaining these brackets on the side where you see the star, Matris Asograyim, the purpose of the brackets, Ligroim Lekach, to cause Shenuchalirois Taimo Shorovo Miad Achrehod Abaye so that we can uh, view uh, Rava's reason immediately after seeing Abaye's reason, as we just demonstrated. Within the brackets, we're going to be focusing on the word Oson, 
specifically the word Oson that is featured in the Posuk and Bracious Perak Membeis Posuk Lamet Ches that it includes uh, problems uh, or, um, uh, problems or uh, afflictions that come from heaven. So we now continue in the Gemara. Maskif lo Rav Ado bar Avo. Rav Ado asks, Mimai dechi ko mizar luhu Yankiv levonei. From where do we know, uh, or how are we so sure that when Yankiv Alvinu uh, cautions his sons, the brothers of Benjamin, al tzinim upachim debidei shamayim ninu, that he's warning them against these ailments, tzinim and pachim, without translating them, they're ailments that are, uh, we'll say, heaven-induced. Dilmo al-Ari Maybe Yankov Ovinu is simply warning them uh, to take care of things that are under human control, like uh, lions and uh, bandits. So that if you were to accept this uh, challenge, we don't have a Xerah Shava that connects Bidei Odom with Bidei Shamayim. The two words are are restricted to the realm of Bidei Odom. So I don't know, I wouldn't have a basis for uh, Rabbi Nechunia Ben Akona. Think about a response. Otu Yankiv Aho Azir Aho Lo Azir. Is Yankiv Avinu restricting his cautioning? to things that are human-based or under human control and not things that are of, that come from, let's say, heavenly sources. Yankov al-kol mili azir. Yankov avinu warned, cautioned his sons regarding all matters, whether they're human um, uh, uh, afflictions or they are uh, problems that come from above, from some heavenly sources. So the word oson does include things that are bidei shomayim. And now we encounter a new, we'll call this an internal brackets. The note on the side uh, where the double star appears, besoch sograim elu, and notice the length of these. Use your, using your bracket length indicator, the vertical descending dots, you see that this Angular brackets continues till the end of the entire bracketed section, till Rava. The note says, Besoch Sugraim Elu, Hagamor Maksha Akvi Osoi, Shorav Ado, Mahu Bidei Shomaim, Umahu Bidei Odom. At this point, we're going to challenge Rav Ado's um, assumption that Sinimu Pachim represented something that's Bidei Shomaim, and Ari represented something that's Bidei Odom. Both of these points are going to be challenged. Notice we also have a long question marking with numbers, two stages to the question. And on the side, under the nose, under the topic heading, uh, we've written, What are those things that are considered afflictions from heaven and those from man? We're going to discuss Aryavaganvi, lion attacks and bandits, and the Tsinim. Upachim, uh, tzinim is associated with, we'll say, ail, ail, ailments from the cold, from cold, and pachim ailments from heat. The Gemara, u tzinim u pachim bidei shomayim ninu. 
note the arrows that connect you with what was said before. And here we're questioning that. Is it so that Sinem and Pachim are heavenly oriented? We have the following teaching that everything comes from heaven is heavenly ordained except for diseases resulting from uh, people who become ill as a result of exposure to as we said before heat or cold and heat that's the, the way of the crooked someone who's careful will distance himself from them that shows that uh, ailments that are is within man's control all other kinds of ailments afflictions are heavenly ordained but ailments that result from tzinim that is within man's control so you wouldn't it wouldn't be accurate to call or to describe tzinim as something that's heavenly ordained Vesu, furthermore uh, attacks by a lion or by, by bandits are you saying that's something that's within human control that's called humanly ordained from the day that the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed and with that was the uh, cessation of court activity court executions we'll say the Bittel Sanhedrin is the, can- the, the, the cancellation the stopping of the workings of the high court and part of their uh, jurisdiction covered uh, capital uh, uh, cases and ex- uh, court executions. So that even though from the time of the base Hamikdash destruction that stopped, now there's a uh, internal these internal brackets uh, are for skipping purposes. The the language within them is not accurate. The Gemara continues din arba misos lo batlo. The punishment for sins that ordinarily would have required the vari- the four different types of court execution those the punishments still exist even though they're not um, administered by the court per se but they, these punishments still exist we'll elaborate on that in a moment but before that we go over the bracketed section where this, the Gemara said that even though Sanhedrin was botel, Arba Mises Lo Botel, the four forms of court execution uh, do, did not cease. Lo Botlu, are you telling me they didn't cease? Ha Botlu Luhu. We know they stopped. As long as the, when, when, the base, when the Sanhedrin is no longer in session, so court executions cannot be meted out. So what do you mean that the Arba Mises Lo Botlu? Elo. Din, we're here at the top of Omid Bey's Din Arba Misos Lobotlo. That will be explained immediately. Mishin Ischayev, and here you can see we've used a, a diamond to highlight the uh, four different types of court execution. So, someone who committed a sin that ordinarily would have been punished by court stoning. For example, simple case, one who knowingly violated Shabbos and received a warning ahead of time and disregarded the warning from two witnesses 
that person is subject to court execution through stoning. But as we said, there's no longer court-administered executions. But what happens when someone knowingly violates Shabbos, let us say, nowadays? What is he subjecting himself to? Oh, no film in Agag, oh, Hayador Soso, he may fall off a roof. Falling off a roof is similar to the way Skila was, uh, was uh, administered in court executions. A person was pushed off a, a, a height, of, actually it was two human heights, uh, and fell to the ground, and that often would have actually killed him. And if not, so then a stone was uh, dropped upon him. That would finish him off. That's Skila. Today, we don't have court-administered skila. However, if someone, as we said, would knowingly violate a sin that carries with it a skila penalty, so this, might, this, this is the fate he might, he might uh, experience, falling off a roof. Oh, chayadrososa means a wild animal might uh, trample upon him and, and tear him up, which is, um, as Rashi says, ari ma'pilularetz v'harga badrisa. A lion will cast him down to the ground and rip him up. Now, why did we dash underline this? This shows that the the arye that we referred to before is something that is heavenly ordained. That means from heaven they will see to it that this this violator, this sinner, will get his due punishment. And and, and the Chayadur Soso is the equivalent of the court-administered skila. But nowadays, no court. So this takes over. And if one uh, wanted to uh, go even further with this idea, think about an um, auto uh, heaven forbid, but a, a, an auto crash where there's great impact and people are killed in that fashion. That impact type death is a form of schema. Mishin is chayev sreifa. There are sins that are punishable by Srefa, court administered Srefa. Uh, translated, it would mean uh, to, be, to be burnt, but the court burning involved uh, the, uh, the ingestion or swallowing of uh, molten uh, metal. That's burning out his insides. Now, we don't have that anymore because. Uh, court-administered executions ceased. However, a sin for which Srefa would be the penalty, what happens nowadays? So, oh no, Philbedeleko, a person falls into a fire, Person's a, a, a house goes up in flames and a person dies in that fire, that's Srefa, oh no, Hosh or he is bitten by a venomous creature. The, the venom burns him up, so to speak. Omish Nishai of Hariga, a uh, person who is, has violated that type of sin that would have been uh, punished by court uh, decapitation, O Nimsar Lamalchus, O Listin Boyin Olov. He will find himself nowadays being uh, captured by the government and, and executed by them. Or, or bandits come upon him and kill him. Notice we dashed on the Listin Boyin Olov. This is similar to the case of the Ganvi we mentioned before. So that you see that it's heavenly ordained. We, the, the court doesn't execute anymore, but the, the sinner will be punished by heaven through uh, bringing upon him these armed bandits that will kill him. Omish and Ishayev Chenek, someone who violated that type of sin that carries with it the Chenek 
penalty, strangulation, death by strangulation. Nowadays, there's no court. What will happen to that type of sinner? He might end up drowning in a river or die through a type of strangulation disease, Sarunki, also known as Askara. So at the end of this long uh, question, this was we had noted this was the second stage in the very long question, where we challenged uh, everything that Rav Ado had said. Rav Ado originally said, Sinu Apachem is called Bidei Shamayim, Ayyavaganvi is called Bidei Odom. We've just demonstrated that Sinu Apachem, that's Bidei Odom. That's within human power to control, to uh, resist, to avoid. And Ganvi, Ayyavaganvi, if, if anything, that's heavenly ordained. Hello, the Gemara answers, April, switch around. The original statement: Ari veGanvi, that's bidei shemayim. Tzinim upachim, that's bidei odom. And just to remind us of the main point uh, from before, Abaye's approach to uh, explaining Rabbi Nechuni ben Nekona was the Gzereshava of Osain Osain. Rova Omar, Taimod Rabbi Nechuni ben Nekona mehacha. The reason for Rabbi Nechuni ben Nekona exempting financial payment in the case of a Kores related offense is derived from the following. We have a, a posuk, it uh, lasts four lines. It says, Vim Halem Yalimu Mino The posuk describes a, a father who gives his son over to the Molech. The Molech is a, a type of, um, we'll say, ancient ritual. It might have to do with some aspect of idolatry, even though that's a debate in the Gemara elsewhere. But it, one thing is for sure, it's a capital offense. So if the people around notice, see someone giving his son over to the Molech, giving his child over to the Molech, and do not um, uh, penalize him, do not execute him, now we've dashed on Vichrati. I says the Almighty will cause him to suffer Kores. Kores is uh, a shortening of life uh, where one dies and his children die, possibly, but it has to do with something that's heavenly ordained. So in this Posuk, we've featured um, uh, an offense that essentially is. Uh, um, court execution uh, worthy and in the event that they don't do that so the Kodesh Baruch Hu takes over with Kores and the Gemara explains Omro Torah Kores Sheli Kamisa Shalachem the Torah here is describing that Kores of the Almighty is paralleled to court administered execution Ma Misa Shalachem just like when an offense that's punishable by court execution and simultaneously involves a, a financial payment, we exempt the uh, offender from the financial obligation. So to all offenses that carry with it a kores penalty and happen to simultaneously carry, a, carry with them uh, a, or impose a financial obligation uh, I, te- I tell you there will be a, an exemption from the financial aspect 
just like we said, by capital cases that are court-executed. What, what difference is there between the Rava explanation and Abaye, who cited the Oson Oson Gzera Shava? The point of difference would be a non-Kohen who ate Truma. Uh, at, when, when doing that, the Zar is incurring not Kores, but Misobide Shemayim. It's a punishment uh, that comes at the hands of heaven, death by the hands of heaven. At, at the same time, when he eats the Truma, he's also obligated on a financial level to compensate the Kahuna for, for uh, uh, depriving them of Truma, which is their tithe. Before we go further, let's point out on the side the topic heading Chiluk Bein Taimu Shalabai LeTaimu Shirava Bez Bredinus Rebbein Chuni Ben Akona. The the difference we're looking for the difference between the reasons given by Abayi and Rava in explaining Rebbein Chuni Ben Akona. He know Hamikresh Shalzar Shochal Truma B'Mezid. The point of difference will be that case of the Zar, the non Kohen who consumes Truma, the Truma tithe. Uh, of, of produce knowingly that offense is punishable by not by kores. The there are there are um, differences between these two penalties but uh, for our purposes it's enough just to cite that it's zar shochal truma is punishable by not by kores. Uh, another point under discussion the Gemara Nisayon Lahavin Beezin Nesibois Abaye Omar Shazar Ye Potter Mitashlum Alachilas Atruma. Under what circumstances does Abaye say? What specific um, practical circumstances is it such that Abaye will say that he is in in uh, fact going to be exempt from payment? You can see. That according to Rava, Zar Shochal Truma will not be exempt from payment for paying for the actual Truma that he wrongfully consumed. So now we go back to the Gemara. Um, we had said, what's the difference between Abaye's explanation, which was Osoin Osoin, and Rava's explanation, who based himself on the Pusik that compared Misa Bidei based in with kores and in that pasuk that Rav cited we dashed underline the word v'hichrati there the word kores appeared explicitly the Gemara said the point of difference between them will be an exemption for compensating financially for the truma that was consumed wrongfully by a czar by a non-Kohen the Abaye Potter according to Abaye that offense of czar shochot truma will also be exempt from paying, even though truma consumption by Zara is not punishable by kores, it, 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 it's chayav so that when you have a heavenly ordained death, that is enough to make it comparable to a court-administered execution. Something that's heavenly ordained. Uh, the exemption that Rava spoke about before was specifically for Kores 
And he had mentioned, he had cited a Pesach where Kores was spelled out. And only Kores is paralleled to uh, court execution, not the other kind of penalty known as Misa Bidei Shamayim. The Gemara now starts a question that lasts uh, quite a few lines. Ula Abaye Potter, and according to Abaye, is that really so that Zar Shaochal Truma is exempt? Now let's take a look at the Rashi, of, uh, the upper half of the page of Rashi commentary. We have a star to make it easier to find in the Rashi. Ula Abaye Potter Bitmiah, and according to Abaye, is Zar Shaochal Truma really going to be exempt? He Nami Demisav Shamayim Poteres Mitashlumin. Granted that in in theory, Misa Bideshman, death at the hands of heaven, should exempt from payment. But specifically this case of one of a Zar eating Truma which involves the theft of the Truma, how will how will, uh, based on what will we be able to exempt him from that payment? At the point that he picks it up, he hasn't even eaten it yet. At the point he picks it up, he incurs a financial obligation of compensation. And, and even if he doesn't eat it, but burns it afterwards. The, uh, the, the death at the hands of heaven, that kicks in later until he actually eats it. Up till now, we've spoken about exemptions of financial obligations when, say, a more serious type uh, punishment is due. That's only when the two, the financial, the incurred financial obligation and the um, the, the the more serious chiyuv benavsho uh, death sentence happen simultaneously. When both uh, when both aspects offenses happen simultaneously. In the case of Zar Shochal Truma, they're not happening simultaneously. First, the Zar incurs the financial obligation when he picks it up. The, uh, and so at that point, he's 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 obligated. That doesn't get erased. The, um, the exemption we spoke about before, just to repeat ourselves, the, that exemption was only when it was simultaneous with the death penalty, whether it's Bidei Shamayim or Bidei Beistin, but not when they're, when it's staggered, when one, when the financial obligation takes place first, and later the, the uh, capital aspect uh, figures in. So we now, back to the Gemara, where the Gemara started asking, Labaye Potter, and according to Abaye, is that really so that Zar Shochal Truma will be exempt? Even Rabbi Nechuni ben Akona, who spoke about financial exemption, will agree begonev chelbo shel v'ochlo, one who stole chelev. Chelev is the forbidden parts of an animal, a kosher animal that's slaughtered properly, but there remain forbidden parts for Jews to consume. Those forbidden sections are referred to as chelev. Sometimes it's translated as forbidden fats. But we can refer to it henceforth as chelev. So Rabbi Nechunia ben Akona concedes that if a person were to steal someone else's chelev, and after stealing it, would then eat it, shuchayev, he has to compensate the, the owner, he has to compensate him for the chelev. Shikvar nishayev b'geneva k'idem shebali de'isur chelev. 
he first became obligated for the theft and for the need to compensate for having stolen. That happened before the uh, Isur Chelev, uh, the violation of eating Chelev, took place. Alma, we see from here, Demeidna to Agbekanya, from the moment that you picked it up, in the case of the Truma and the Tsar, from the case from the moment he picked up the Truma, he becomes Chayev. He he Kanya means he acquires it, and acquires it means he is then obligated to pay for it. Uh, we mistakenly said uh, referred here to uh, Truma. Uh, rather, regarding the case of Chilev, that uh, Rav Chistos said, Rabbi Nechunya ben Akona exceeds, from the point you picked up the Chilev, you acquired the Chilev, which involves the need or the obligation to compensate for it. The Mishai ben Afsho, the chorus that's associated with Chilev, eating, Chilev eating doesn't happen until you actually eat it. Well, Hochonami, so too over here, in our case of Zar Sheochal Truma, Be'idno the Agbe Kanya, at the point he picked it up, he acquired it and became obligated on the financial level. Mishayev Benaf Shelohave Ad Ochile, he doesn't become uh, obligated on the Nefesh level, on the, the life level, the capital level, until he actually eats it. So why would you present Abaye as saying that Zar Sha'ochal Truma uh, would be an example, a point of difference between Abaye and Rava, where Abaye would say there is an exemption, and Abaye and Rava says he's Chayav. Even Abaye should say Chayav in the case of Zar Sha'ochal Truma. He wouldn't then represent a difference between himself and Rava. The Gemara continues with an answer. Here, uh, regarding Abaye's exemption from paying, Kagoin, and here you'll notice we have triangles on the side of the Mivne heading. These are Deos Bemawa Mikrish Abaye Yiftor. We're looking for the case involving the Truma and the Tsar, where in fact Abaye would say he is exempt. So uh, and and in that in whatever case we're, we're going to show you, Abaye will say exemption, and Rova because you're dealing with Yachilas uh, Truma, which is only Misa Bidei Shamayim, so there is according to Rova no exemption. So where is the case that Abaye will hold exemption? kigon piv. A person's friend took some took the Truma. And, and stuck it in his mouth. So that, we'll, first we'll take a look at Rashi. Rashi halfway, a little more than halfway down the Rashi commentary. Shetochav lo chaveru, the lo agba, the lo kanya, the uh, eater of it. He didn't pick it up. He didn't acquire it uh, on a financial level. He would become obligated for paying only at the point that he swallows it. At that point, he'd be obligated to pay for the pleasure that he feels in eating the food, but not the entire value of that particular uh, amount of produce. The point that he's swallowing it, that is simultaneous. Uh, 
you know that 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 point that he's swallowing that we just described as the point that, at the point at the the point at which he would have to pay for it, but at that very moment he is becoming chayav misa b'dei shemayim. So according to our principle that when the two happen simultaneously, and Abaye equates, um, according to Abaye, we are to equate Misa Bidei Shemayim with uh, court-administered execution. So this will be the case where he'll be exempt. And why is there the exemption? Because the financial aspect is happening, happening simultaneously with the capital aspect. And why is that? Because we're talking about a case of Tochav Lo Chavero L'Soch Piv. The Gemara asks, still, they're not exactly simultaneous. Question. Sof, sof, but still at the end of the day, Kevon Delase Kanya Mishayev Benafsho Lo Ad Debola. We spoke about someone having shoved it into the guy's mouth. Yeah, but he first chews it before he swallows it. So Lase has to do with chewing it. At the point that he that the uh, the eater uh the, the passive guy, but at the point that he chews it, chews the food, the truma tied food that was put into his mouth, at that point he is kone it. It it uh, at the point that he chews it, he it becomes like his. In other words, he's he can't. Uh, he's not going to return that to the to the person. He's he's ruined it by through his chewing. So at that point, he is said to have committed the we'll call it the, the the theft aspect of it, where the financial aspect of it sets in at the point he chews it. The capital aspect, the the death aspect of this incident is only when he swallows it. So they're not happening. The financial aspect and the and the capital aspect are not simultaneous. If that's the case, why does Abaye uh, uh, suggest exemption, or why does the Gemara uh, present Abaye in this case as saying exempt? They're not simultaneous. The Gemara says Kagon. We have to like uh, we have to um, reevaluate the the eater in this case. Kagon shetochav lo l'soch beis habliyah. The fellow who picked up the truma, he picked it up with some type of a, a, a skewer or poker, and he and he stuck it into the guy's throat. Hey chidomi, here the Gemara gets into a very focused analysis. If true, it was stuck into his base hablia, which is in his throat, where it's where a person swallows. But if he could bring it up. The, the passive guy who's eventually going to consume this, if he could bring it up and, and return it, Adur literally means to return it, means he could bring it up from his throat, uh, then Nahadir, he would be expected to do that. And if he doesn't do that, from that moment, he is financially obligated. If we look in the Rashi, from that moment he is considered ruining the truma. The first guy didn't do anything because all he did was he shoved it to, into the guy's throat, but at a point that the that the uh, second fellow could have brought it up, could have returned it, and hence the first guy didn't cause any loss to the Kayin.
So, um, if that's the case, where he could have brought it up and didn't, at that moment he becomes chayev in the financial aspect. E lo motzi dura, if it's so far down into his throat that it was shoved, amai chayev, then why is the eater going to be guilty of misa bide shamayim? After all, he's honest, he's, he was... Uh, under under duress with regard to the eating of it. Lo tzricha demotzi ladura ayadei hatchak. The case that Abaye would say he's exempt from payment, <coughs> where uh, is is this case where it's shoved into his throat and he could bring it back, but with extreme effort. The Rashi explains ayadei hatchak. The inami ahadra, even if he were to bring it up, mimasa v'lochazi lebaylim, it would have been already uh, rendered disgusting, and the original uh, owner uh, wouldn't have any benefit from it. Hilkach migzal lo gosla. Therefore, this uh, passive fellow who's having it shoved into his throat is not considered a thief of it. Amai kom chayvus lebetashulman. So if he's not considered a thief of the truma, then on what grounds are you considering uh, having him pay? Ahanos grono meo for the pleasure that he gets by having the food in his throat and in his stomach. Hahi shaita at that moment, chiyuv misa ika, the chiyuv misa, the um, we'll say the theoretical uh, death at the hands of heaven sets in. So since the the payment aspect and the death at the hands of heaven aspect happen simultaneously, uh, the uh, there is exemption from the financial aspect. We continue in the Gemara with number two, Rav Popo Omar, Kigon Shetochavlo Chavero, Mashkin Shel Truma L'Soch Piv. The case of Zar Shochal Truma is a case of some a beverage, say wine, was pushed into his friend's mouth. And again, we look at Rashi, Mashkin Shel Truma, the advantage of Rapopa's approach is that it's less, we'll say, far-fetched than having someone shove food down into someone else's throat. Once the the beverage was squirted into the uh, second fellow's mouth, the czar's mouth, the beverage becomes disgusting, becomes ruined. You can't say that on that liquid uh, there would be a uh, obligation on a gazela on a theft level because it's not fit for anything. The financial obligation in this case where someone shoved the beverage into someone else's mouth would be a payment for the pleasure you have in having it in your throat and swallowing it. Well, it's at that point that there's a chiyuv misa and the payment, the financial aspect happens simultaneously. Therefore, he is exempt from the financial aspect. Number three, Rav Ashi Omar Bazar She'ochal Truma Mishalo the Kora Shiroyan Shel Chavero. The case that Abaye would exempt for and uh, and Rovana 
is a case where you have a czar not taking someone else's truma, not stealing someone's truma, but rather it's a truma tithe that he separated from his own produce. So from the from on the on the produce side of things, there is no financial aspect whatsoever. However, as he's eating the truma, the Gemara at the top of Daf Lamed Aleph says he ripped fabric of his friend Shiroyan, type of fabric or clothing belonging to his friend. At, at the moment that he's swallowing the truma, which is uh, which it itself does not generate <coughs> a financial obligation, but at that moment he also rips his friend's garment. So even though the financial aspect and the Misa aspect are not uh, a reference to the same subject, but nevertheless they are happening at the same time. And uh, the terminology that we that Rashi cites for this is misa Nevertheless, the even though it's two separate, let's say parties that are featured here, the czar's own truma and someone else's uh, clothing. But since the offenses are happening simultaneously. Abaye will say that he is exempt from the financial aspect because of the oson oson gezer shava things that are heavenly ordained are parallel to court administered execution. Rava, as we said before, will say no. In this case, he is eating truma that's not punished by kores. Therefore, there isn't any grounds for exempting him from the financial aspect of things for tearing the the uh, shiroi and the fabric of his friend, even though they're happening simultaneously.